0: instead of the other way around. Approval isn't guaranteed, and some restrictions apply. See your local store for details. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight here at The Volume. Happy Tuesday, everybody. We are live on AMP. Don't forget, if you're watching on YouTube or listening on our podcast feeds, that AMP is the very first place that you guys can get these shows. Ladies and gentlemen, like it or not, regardless of who you think should win MVP, which we'll talk about later, Joel Embiid, as of right now, has become the minus 470 favorite to win MVP. After dominating the Boston Celtics tonight in a very important win, I thought, for the Sixers, just for their psyche heading into this playoff, we're going to break down that game, we're going to talk a little bit about Joel Embiid and the MVP situation, and we're actually going to take some calls from the audience um, you guys know the drill. Before we get started, subscribe to the Volumes YouTube channel so you don't miss any more of our videos. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JasonLT so you guys don't miss any show announcements. And if for whatever reason you guys miss one of these shows and you can't get back over to YouTube to finish, don't forget you can find them wherever you get your podcasts under hoops tonight. Last but not least, before we get started, you guys have heard me talk about GameTime, the fastest growing ticketing app in the U.S. If you're looking to get out to any NBA games, college basketball games, I guess there's no more college basketball, actually, NHL games. Uh, or baseball games, or even a concert or a comedy show. GameTime has amazing last-minute deals on tickets to all of these. So if you want to get out to see your team compete in the NBA playoffs, GameTime has you covered. If you want to get out to watch some Major League Baseball, which is increasingly harder to find on television, GameTime has you covered. Or if you're looking to see Taylor Swift in concert, if you're one of those types of people, you can find a great deal on GameTime. They're going to take great care of you. You're going to get a great seat. You're going to know exactly what you're getting yourself into and you're going to find a great deal so no matter where you live get out and have some fun this week download the game time app enter your email and redeem code hoops for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again enter your email and code hoops that's h-o-o-p-s for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price Guaranteed. All right, let's talk some basketball. So, the interesting storyline in this game, as is always the case whenever a team is going against Joel Embiid, is especially when we're heading into a playoff confrontation. Like, I, you know, we're looking at this, and yeah, the Nets are going to be an interesting challenge for the Sixers. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. And uh, the Heat still have an outside chance to get that spot, but they don't have the tiebreaker against Brooklyn. So, it's probably going to be uh, Miami versus Boston, but chances are, health permitting, we're probably going to get a Celtics, ser- uh, Celtics Sixers playoff series here in about three weeks. Um, and so usually what I'm looking at in a case like this is just different little matchup pieces that'll probably translate into that type of playoff series. Albeit, you know, it's a regular season game. I thought it was clear from the jump that Philly wanted this one more. I think they needed it more, like I said earlier, for their psyche. You always have to factor in the, uh, Um, the element of players missing the games like Jalen Brown probably plays if this is a more important game. Um, Robert Williams obviously is going to be a vitally important piece to guarding Joel Embiid in a playoff series. They opted in, in most cases in this game, especially when PJ Tucker was on the floor to stick Al Horford on PJ Tucker, basically helping behind and then Grant Williams on the ball. And, you know, it's funny, the difference in size there, Grant Williams kind of fared pretty well against Giannis in the playoffs last year. You know, Giannis is just a little bit smaller than Joel Embiid, but he struggled mightily against Joel Embiid in this matchup. And then for the most part throughout the whole game, they left Joel Embiid in single coverage until the end of the game when they finally started recklessly doubling off of P.J. Tucker. And Joel Embiid made the right reads. And P.J. Tucker finally made a couple of massively important threes that ended up being the deciding factor in this game. Kind of a fascinating night for a 50-point Joel Embiid game for it to be determined in large part after a tie game late on him making the right reads down the stretch. I think everything fundamentally with Joel Embiid comes down to the improvements he's made at the free throw line as a jump shot maker. You know, it's funny. I talk a lot about, you know, the physical confrontations at the point of attack. And obviously it's different for heavy ball handlers who are hitting tons of dribble combinations. It becomes so much more about foot speed and anticipation and and those sorts of things. But these confrontations at the forward position, uh, anywhere like three, four, five in the front court, they come down a lot more to the physical altercation. It's a lot more the like hitting shoulders and who's going to win that shoulder confrontation. Like, are you going to blow through the defender's shoulder or is the defender going to hold his ground and kind of keep you, uh, uh, kind of flatten out your drive away from the rim? And it's so important in that case to have the jump shooting threat because the better, of, uh, the bigger threat you are as a jump shooter, the closer the forward has to guard you. If the forward has to guard you closely, then you can go to that rip-through move. And Embiid and, and is just so damn big and strong that he's going to win that rip-through move every single time. But if he doesn't have the jumper, then they can play off. And it's more about anticipation. And now if you slide your feet well, maybe you can take a charge or you have more opportunity to dig down from the wings and help, right? But Joel Embiid has become so unbelievably deadly. With that pull up fifteen foot shot there at the at the free throw line that you can't play off of him anymore, like there was a bunch of early possessions there in that fourth quarter where, you know, Blake Griffin is in that same kind of predicament where it's like, am I going to press up on him and let him go around me, or am I going to concede the shot? Well, if you concede that shot, he's just making it every single time now, and it's it's made him borderline unguardable because if he knocks down that if if you give him the space he's going to knock it down if you press up on him it's not a question of ball handling it's not a question of anything other than the fact that he's so much bigger and stronger than you that when he goes to that rip through move he's either going to get around you or you're going to foul him and that's why chances are your best you know my my feeling for how to beat Philly in a playoff series is the same as it was last year you double the hell out of Joel Embiid every time he has the basketball turn him into a passer try to get uh, help off of the worst shooter on the other team, in this case, P.J. Tucker, and you live with the results. And then with James Harden, you try to turn him into a score because at this phase in his career, he's not just not quite as dynamic as he used to be scoring the basketball. Um, But that Embiid matchup was a huge problem for him. It'll definitely look different in a series. I think you'll see the alternate of what you saw tonight. Instead of Al Horford kind of being tucked back and help, I think you'll often see Al Horford on the ball. And when Al Horford is on the ball, you'll see Robert Williams on P.J. Tucker hawking the paint, making it a little bit easier for Al Horford to be aggressive without fouling, knowing that he's got a real rim protector behind him. But this is the chess match of playoff basketball because the best offensive stretches for the Celtics were when Al Horford was at the five and they were able to really space Philly out. And, you know, there's a lot of positive from Boston in this game. Um, they were in control of this game until Embiid basically stole it from him with his own individual greatness. But And Boston has looked extremely impressive here over the last couple of weeks, starting with that absolute shellacking of the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee. I've always said that Boston, I think, has the most overall talent in the league. I think that was the case last year and this year. Doesn't mean they're the best team. Talent is only one small part of what makes a great basketball team but they do have the most talent. What that means is that when they play good basketball, their good basketball is going to be better than everyone else's good basketball. And and they have so much talent on that roster. Like, look at the guard battle in this game. I I would argue that Malcolm Brogdon and Derek White outplayed James Harden and Tyrese Maxey in this game. And if that happens in a playoff series, that's a serious problem because Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum combined will be able to at least meet what Joel Embiid can bring to the table. And so I was, I came, it was an interesting game because I came away very impressed by Joel Embiid. But at the same time, it looks more and more like Boston might very well be the best team in the conference. I've been very delicate about making my predictions because I really do want to wait until after Sunday, we have a show on Sunday. We will get into this stuff on Sunday. We're going live after that last round of games uh, but, you know, right now, like the, my safe picks are Denver out west and Milwaukee out east just because they've demonstrated that to this point. But it could just as easily be Lakers or Warriors or Suns out west, and it, I could very well end up picking Boston when it's all said and done. And I do want to have the rest of this week to look uh, to look deeper at it. But Boston's guards, you know, their dribble penetration was the story of this game. They just uh, – on the Boston side of things. they were. It was a layup line. Philly could not contain them at the point of attack. They were consistently engaging and beat at the rim as a rim protector and help and kicking to shooters on the weak side, whether it was Al Horford or whether it was um, Grant Williams, there was even a little sequence there in the middle fourth where Jason Tatum was trying to attack Tyrese Maxey, drawing doubles and kicking to Derek white. They just have a lot of ability to get Philly into help and to get good shooting or get good shot opportunities. And they have, the most ball handling and shooting by far in the league, in my opinion, down the roster. They've got like seven or eight guys that can all hit a three consistently and put the basketball on the floor and make plays. They are a terrifying team. And without Jalen Brown and without Robert Williams, they gave Philly a hell of a fight tonight. And here's the thing. Embiid was amazing. He was the best player on the floor by a mile. But what if P.J. Tucker misses those shots? And there's a chance that he's going to miss them, uh, potentially in multiple games in a playoff series between these two teams. So again, I, I'm very impressed by Embiid, like we talked about earlier. Uh, I think he's just about certain to win MVP at this point. Vegas tends to agree, like we talked about earlier, he's minus 470. I personally still think Giannis deserves it. I think he's the best player on the best team. And I think Giannis just resoundingly outplayed Joel Embiid the other night. Um, but that's irrelevant to what's actually going to happen. It seems pretty clear now that, feel, uh, that Embiid's going to get it. But, you know, interestingly enough, From the matchup perspective, I came away from this game mostly impressed by the Boston Celtics. All right, We are going to take a a, a question uh, from the audience, but also for everyone listening, don't forget that later on tonight, we're going to have another video on YouTube. So keep an eye on the feed. In that video, we are going to be breaking down the late slate and primarily focus on the Western Conference. All right, let's see if we can get a caller on here. Hey, Jason, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. What's your name, man? My name is Josh. Uh, I'm a huge Knicks fan. And right now they just clinched the five seed and they're playing the Cavs. So I just wanted to get your opinion on uh, what you think. Do you think the Knicks or the Cavs are more of a threat to take down one of the top three teams in the East? Ooh, that's a very interesting question. Thank you for calling in, Josh. You know, the more I look at the standings, I don't think there's too much of a threat in the first round at the bottom of the conference. The Hawks got a massive win tonight. They're most likely going to end up, getting that eight seed i trust miami to win that uh, uh that play in game and miami i'm a little disappointed in them that they couldn't lap brooklyn cuz i like their chances better against the sixers than i do against the celtics i think those two are pretty easy matchups i think the nets are going to beat the sixers the cavs and Knicks are the two teams that have the most qualities that we associate with championship contention right so like for instance the, uh the cavs have a top-tier defense and a ton of rim protection. They have a ton of shot creation, both a uh, high-level playmaking from Darius Garland and high-level shot-making from Donovan Mitchell. But my biggest concern with the Cavs is I don't think they have nearly the amount of spot-up talent that they need. And I think in the backcourt, their perimeter defense is more than a little bit suspect and has damaged, and you've seen that, especially in clutch situations this year. The Knicks are interesting because, you know, obviously they don't have the star power, that we see from other teams in the conference, but they check so many boxes that I've historically kind of connected with championship contention. Mitchell Robinson obviously doesn't have the reputation of a top tier rim protector, but that's something that he can do and can do well. They have, I think one of the best perimeter defense cores that you have in the conference between guys like Josh Hart and Emmanuel quickly, even Jalen Brunson dating back to his time in Dallas really competed at the point of attack. And then they can do that to you on the other end of the floor. They've won a lot of games. They've won a lot of games this year by beating teams at the point of attack and getting tons of dribble penetration. There was a game uh, a couple of weeks ago where we saw them beat the Lakers in Staples Center when they were red hot, just because no one could keep RJ Barrett out of the lane because no one could keep Quentin Grimes out of the lane. Like it, it's just, it's just uh, uh, one of those things where, you know, your ability to generate dribble penetration and then contain it on the other end of the floor Is a high level asset. And then last but not least, from the shot creation standpoint, they have two of my favorite archetypes of shot creators. You've got Jalen Brunson as this dynamic three level scorer that can hit pull up threes and pull up 15 footers and pull up 18 footers. And he can knock down those floaters in the lane with the high level playmaking, but then he can also beat a switch in pick and roll. But then you've got Julius Randle, who represents an entirely different type of scoring archetype, one that I've always found to be immensely important in playoff series which is the big matchup attacking forward because more often than not teams when they're confronting issues with ball handling and shooting, or when they're confronting issues with perimeter defense will opt for a smaller guard. You're going to see a lot of teams do this this year. There are a guy between six foot and six, two that they need out there for ball handling and shooting. And, uh, and they need out there for point of attack defense. But the problem is, is in a switching system in the playoffs, which is what you're going to see more frequently from teams. In that sort of dynamic, having a forward that can attack those switches by fighting down to that 10-15 foot mark and shooting those little fadeaways over both both shoulders, that's a huge asset to have. And so again, now both of those teams, unfortunately, just with the way that the seedings have a uh, seeding is broken down, they're probably going to end up facing the Bucs. And that's going to be a really tough matchup for them, but... Look at it this way. The Bucks are a heavy drop coverage team. Jalen Brunson is one of the best drop coverage attacking guards that we have in the league. Uh, the Bucs are going to play at any given moment, two guys below 6'5 on the court at the same time. Those are matchups that Julius Randle can attack. Um, Julius Randle himself, I think, is going to have to take on the challenge of potentially battling Giannis on a bunch of possessions. I'll be really interested to see how he handles that. But he's going to have the advantage of Mitchell Robinson behind him provided that they can rotate to Brook Lopez. So again, I don't think many of these teams have that much of a chance because the Bucks, Celtics and Sixers are so much better than everyone else, but I do as of right now like the Knicks slightly better than the rest of that group as a team that could knock off one of them, but they got to beat the Cavs first and that's another tough matchup. And again, I wouldn't pick them in a series, but I do think that they've got a chance. All right, Josh, thank you so much for calling in, man. Um, So we've got to get back to the TV screens to watch these Western Conference games. So we're going to call it a night for right now, but I will be back on YouTube later tonight breaking down the rest of the Western Conference slate. The Golden State Warriors are trailing after the first quarter, so it should be a fun one. All right, guys, I'll see you later tonight. instead of the other way around. Approval isn't guaranteed, and some restrictions apply. See your local store for details. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers. Whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses, and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's leesacom slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See Lisa.com for more details. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City.